I try to try to uh, down this coffee uh, before Gabe gets here. <laughs> I believe in you, Cat. You can stay uh-huh. awake. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm already on wine, <laughs> thankfully. Oh, nice, nice. Because it's a podcast, and I, I, I refuse, right, right. I refuse to go on someone else's podcast entirely sober. <laughs> so uh, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, that's a good rule. Hey. Welcome to Welcome to My Dungeon. We've got a very special episode this week. Uh, with you as always, I'm Gabe. I'm Kat. And I'm Sean. And our very special guest this week, I'm very happy to introduce them, uh, creator of a few different tabletop role-playing games, uh, and a personal friend of ours. <laughs> <laughs> and close personal friend. Close personal friend. Uh, Grant Howitt. Hello, I'm very special. <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> Remarkably special game designer, Grant Howard. Hello, I'm calling in from gloomy old England to join, to, to join you on Welcome to My Dungeon. We are very happy to have you with us. I'm yes. excited, because normally I have to, like, behave is a strong word, but on my podcast I have to, like, cut it together... <laughs> And I'm like responsible for if it sounds good, and I have to try and keep the energy going. But here, I can just dick about. Plus, I did yeah. listen to your podcast, and you did swear, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna swear. No, oh, no. this is a very swear heavy podcast. Good, good. I've, been, I've, been on, I've been on some American podcasts, and they're a bit sort of. Oh well, maybe a child might hear it from a passing car. Could you? Uh, so no, fuck that. No, no, I mark this as explicit because yeah. I swear all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, yeah, let's get loosened up. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Go. Mm. So I believe I believe there's an interview section. Yeah, yeah, we're we're excited mm. to have Grant on. Uh, we've got a few questions for him. Some some of our usual questions, then some I think we've come up personally because I know I'm a friend a fan of Grant's. Uh, I love Unbound. Uh, I like Honey Heist uh, and a bunch of others. Uh, Jason Statham's Big Vacation is one of my favorites. My most intellectual work. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure we've all got questions we want to ask So let's get the interview started Kat, why don't you start us off Alrighty uh, So what was your first uh, tabletop game? That you uh, What system? When? How long ago? Uh, that I saw played or that I played myself? Well, both. your first ex- Yeah, both First experience so it was the, year with, the year was 2000 I was a fresh-faced uh, spod of about 13 at that point and we were waiting. So uh, there's a uh, there's a big ga- uh, Warhammer Games Workshop event called Games Day, which used to run at the NEC in Birmingham. And I decided that I would go for the 2000 event. Right. So it was uh, two in the morning, and we were upstairs above Games Workshop Carlisle, which is in the north of England where I used to live. And some boys, some older boys, were playing a what I now know to be a fairly daft uh, Sabbat-focused game of Vampire the Masquerade. And they were playing, and they were like, it was a Halloween a Halloween thing, one shots. They were running around and drinking blood and breaking into houses and stealing ambulances. <laughs> and my little eyes were wide. I was so excited because up until that point, I had no idea role playing existed. 
I, th- mm, I thought right. Dungeons & Dragons was like a board game or a war game. And right. so this was this was absolutely blowing my fucking mind because they just <laughs> said things. They could just do whatever they wanted. Yeah. Uh, that was super, super exciting. Um, and then um, then there was a scant three and a half to four year period where mm. I tried to persuade my significantly cooler friends uh, <laughs> back at school to play role-playing games with me. I went to a very small school in countryside. Mm. Oh, okay. So... Eventually, I uh, I ran. So, and also, I should also I should also know. I grew up in Portugal. I grew up in okay. Uh, oh, okay. Which is uh, I grew up in like I, 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 like it was a very English, predominantly English speaking community I was in. But gotcha. still, uh, there wasn't much in the way of available. Like, I couldn't just pop down the friendly local game store and get some D and D. Right. So right. I made do with going on. Oh, what was it? It was this uh, John Kim's list of free RPGs. Which was, okay. which was like my spiritual home. And what I would do, I would go on my dial-up internet and I would download <laughs> uh, I, I would download um, whole role-playing games um, and save them as, as, as WordPad files and then read through them when I was when I was offline. And the the one which really caught my eye was a game called Zaibatsu. I don't remember the, game, the name of the person who wrote Ooh. it. Uh, but hmm. it was it was post Gibson Cyberpunk was the way it was it was it was uh, pitched. I, I I knew nothing about Gibson or Cyberpunk at the time. Uh, I had seen The Matrix, and that was enough for yeah. me. And so um, I ran a game of that. We used poker dice, uh, which are apparently dice with poker symbols on. Uh, rather than numbers, it's a it's a two d six core system. So we had we had a little chart yeah. which we translated the poker mm-hmm. symbols into what numbers. They oh, were. that's great! It's um, fantastic. Uh, it was me okay. and two of my mates, and it was like it was it was fun. Although I, I I should also note the very first time I ran a role playing game, I also modified the role playing game before we started. I was like, <laughs> incredible! Hmm. I, was like, I was like, all right, boys. So you've got cool points. Oh, what do they do, bro? <laughs> nice. They let you do cool things. And oh, that was my that was my uh, my first session. Uh, we didn't really do much past that. I ran a few games at school and like some some stuff at lunchtime, like sort of drop in, drop out, silly stuff. But I never really I didn't touch pr- like the, the wider world of role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons or Vampire the Masquerade properly until I went to university. Mm. I went to college um, and then was able to meet oh other nerds <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to having to con- like t- to try and convert my honestly pretty well adjusted mates. Right. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. I know exactly what you mean. That's interesting. Uh, one of my first experiences, I went to a Comic Con when I was younger, and uh, cool. there was a there was like they were doing D and D quick one shots with people. Mm. I was at a table. Uh, there was like three other uh, no, there was like six other people at the table. Every, like half of the people were dressed up in cosplay, uh, <laughs> and I remember this vivid this moment vividly. One of the guys who was playing uh, a dwarf that's who he got it for his character is playing a dwarf, uh, and there was like uh, we were coming up on an enemy encampment. There was a pit, and they were like, "Oh, I've got to go take a shit," so they run over to the <laughs> pit and drop their <laughs> pants. And try to take a shit, and all the enemies were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And we had to roll initiative. That, and that's when I was like, "Damn, role playing games are good. This is so much better than Uno. No one ever took a shit, Uno. Oh, that's great. I think I think so much of it depends on your first ex- your first um, experience, yeah. and like and the, and the GM you get, and the the I'd I'd say that like maybe. One in four GMs are suited for new players, mm, and, yeah. you get, and you get the one you get, 
Like, you can't mm. really look one out. Um, and so quite often you'll get into something and it's like, oh, I just want to sort of tell some stories and have, have some fun with my mates. And you get, you get the GM who's very much into keeping track of different arrows uh, and like all your inventory and your encumbrance values and your, your fortitude yeah. saves. And I can see like a lot of people getting put off by that. So mm. it's, it's you're kind of rolling the dice, really. You have to hope the person who you get is not only good, but good at teaching. Right, right. It's tricky. Very open as well, mm. welcoming. Yeah, like the whole, like you said, like the whole encumbrance and keeping track of arrows can yeah. be a, a little much. Thank you. Okay. Cool. All right. So, uh, what about now? Do you do you play in any games now? Do you run anything now? Yeah, uh, I am in. What am I in? I'm I'm in a game of Ghost Lines, which is an old um, John Harper game. Okay. Which predates Blades in the Dark. It's I think he wrote it like two thousand. I want to say two thousand six, two thousand seven. It's pretty old now. I think it predates Lady Blackbird. And the uh, the core of it is that you are you are line bulls. So you are you are these roughy tufty criminals put on top of of trains in uh, in the in the Blades in the Dark setting. So ghosts. Uh, sorry, gotcha. um, uh, dishonored, but with more ghosts. And you. Um, you have to go and you have to go and ride a train and stop it getting overrun by ghosts by murdering them with lightning hooks. And I've okay. mainly developed my character as a high class escort, which is <laughs> incredible. Nice. Which is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like no one else, no one else played a noble, so I decided. Well, that's what nobles do. They they ha- they are they are very charming in every possible sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And so I've mainly a been courtesan. Yeah, of course. I've mainly been practicing my uh, the, the noise I make when I get slapped because that's been coming up a lot. <laughs> yes, I honestly, I'm just wish I get like, oh. that's, that's the that's the line. So I'm, I'm doing good, that. Yeah, so that's fun. That's what I'm playing in. Uh, and I'm also uh, I'm running a game called Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons and Lashings of Ginger Beer, uh, which is which is uh, sort of like uh, like 1950s 1960s uh, schoolgirls. On a, on a on a summer camp, they're at St Lithium summer camp for overstimulated children, and there's a load of other um, load of other um, schools who've come along to join. So there's like St Diaphanus' school for magical woodland children, and um, there's a, there's a dwarf submarine and a hole that the trolls dug, and it's great. I should note like we all sit down and we all make the setting together at the start, a bit like with Unbound. Right, um, right, right. And so um, it's we're using D and D, but um, I've been expressly forbidden from picking up a rule book or touching dice. That's incredible, and, and so I we just that. we just sort of like like I've 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 been running with that group for about two years now, and we've tried some other things. We ran Spire for a bit. We did um, mm-hmm. we've done like I've done some playtests there. Um, we did um, Lady Blackbird, and what it comes down to at the end of the day, we like playing Dungeons and Dragons, but complaining about how difficult the rules are. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, I'm just, just running that. Uh, so those I complain about the rules all the time. In fact, yeah. this morning I did. <laughs> What was the problem with the rules? Well, not not so much the rules and mechanics, but just um, like little things I, I think uh, could could be tweaked and like the imbalances with spell casting, especially. Oh god! I mean, like, like spell casting is a nightmare. Yeah, I, I I I love having it there, and it's like it's the fun part of the book. Don't get me right. wrong, but try, right, trying to fun. balance it and trying to get that working, and so like just sleep. Sleep is a huge problem. Hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a win button at first level. It takes the fun part <laughs> out of Dungeons. Anyway, yeah. yes, there, there are a lot of problems, but we, we, we have fun. Um, we've, we've, we've done, we've done three, three, three campaigns. We've had one which was um, basically uh, clueless, set in fantasy oh. Los Angeles. 
Uh, oh, that's awesome. awesome! Oh, sorry, man. That's incredible. They, they all had to get a date oh, for prom. I play that. The prom had been stolen <laughs> by... It was it was St. Skellington's School for Rich Dead Children. Oh, oh God. Uh, which, oh. Was, which was located... Again, like, so this isn't my gag. This is one of my players, but I'm so proud of her for doing this. It was uh, th- This was located in the Haunted Woods, so-called because they were discovered by Sir Anthony Haunted, who lives there to this day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really nice. That's so that. good. I love uh, that so much. Oh, man. And uh, what's the other one? Uh, St. Zeppelin's School for Adventurous Girls, and that was the very first one. So like, it is a it's a floating school which they land in fantasy kingdoms yeah. and then send girls out for adventures for their final exam. Oh, <laughs> which is nice! Fun. And, like, and it just it just gives you this opportunity to be really silly with Dungeons and Dragons. It's all it's yes. already it's already camp as hell. Oh, yeah. And I think right. leaning into that <laughs> right, um, right. is great. Now being silly we, in Dungeons and Dragons is like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. We 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 wholeheartedly agree here at Welcome to My Dungeon. <laughs> All right, here's a good one. Uh, what's one of your favorite characters that you've played? Mm-hmm. So I'm always faintly terrified about talking about my characters because I quite often get... Um, it's it's a constant fear that someone's going to tell me about their character and they'll be like, oh, so I had this 12th level paladin and he did th- he did 3d8 damage on a hit, mm-hmm. uh, except when I used smite when he did 5d8 damage. And so, so, so the GM <laughs> sent all these archons against us and I was like, can I fight archons? And the GM was like, yeah, whatever, man. And I just, it's, just, it's just numbers and numbers and numbers. Um, so right. I, get, I get freaked out that whenever I talk about one of my characters, that's how I sound. However, uh, my... I think of a character I've played that I enjoyed... Um, as an NPC, so there's a recurring NPC, so I'm kind, kind of a kind of a perma nice. GM, kind of a perma GM. Um, yeah, I it's, feel it's, that. I you well, know I, feel that too. I don't I don't dislike it. I have various social anxieties, which mean that I'm only truly comfortable when I'm fully in control of a social situation. <laughs> especially oh, I'm the same. Like, like if like like normally you don't know when to say things, but you can roll dice and they tell you when and what to say. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. I can't recommend. Well, I mean, you know, we all know. That's, I mean, I, th- I, I, mean, I don't think I don't think our hobby attracts well-rounded, sensible people. <laughs> I think we're all there's 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 a there's a certain amount of ostracization that draws us towards this. Yeah. I, I always yeah. say that whenever you make a character, there's some part of you you want to work on with that character. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. And that's that's always like, one of my favorite things, and that is like getting to play my my sorry actually my favorite character to play because i was going to talk about um what was his name uh captain valiant dangerous gambit who is uh who is a recurring pirate npc who i who like if i ever need a pirate i put him in and like he's he's, he's been magically imbued to always be the captain of the ship despite the fact that <laughs> he's shit it's and like it's, the reverse of uh of uh, uh jack sparrow basically like, like, yeah like like yeah. i think like like jack sparrow <laughs> is um is you know competent <laughs> right. Uh, and Valiant Dangerous Gambit isn't even that sort of, all right, savvy. He isn't even that sort of incompetent. Ah. He's actually shit. Oh, yeah, it's um, nice. And like, and like quite often, like he'll just sail the nameplate of his ship back into the, uh, into the dock and try and screw it onto a different ship so it becomes his. But oh. my favorite NPC to play is anyone's posh mum. <laughs> I just, I love, I, re- I really like, I really like playing um, posh women. Because okay, yeah. because uh, there's there's uh, there's something about the way like most of the characters in role playing like like they could be violent they could be rude they could be mm-hmm. like there's also you can always escalate but mm-hmm. like being able to just be so like f- fucking oxyacetylene torch condescending <laughs> and like and like oh you're wearing oh you're wearing that dress again what a useful piece of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> 
and oh, that you sort chose of thing. to wear that today. Interesting. Oh, fast. What? What a brave choice. <laughs> and, like, and like, I just, I love like being, and, and also because because they're someone's mum, like it's a right. huge effort. Like it's it, it, it's difficult for them in character. Like, hey, no, fuck you, mum. It's like, yeah. like they have to sort of be polite and go along with the thing, and you get this really oh, fun power play. This. So yeah, I, I like playing people's posh mums. That's my character. That's oh great, I'm I'm stealing that. Okay. Like, <laughs> I've never thought of that, and it's like, yeah, the mom, because it's your mom, the, it's, it's someone's your mom. mom. Yeah. Not even another party member yeah. wants to really be rude oh. to the, so, someone's mom. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, can't recommend it enough. People's moms. <laughs> oh my god, that's really strong. <laughs> that's strong. Strong. Another question is, um, well, what are your some of your instru- inspirations as a player or even a GM? My inspirations, um, Warhammer. I grew up playing Warhammer, as mentioned mm. earlier in the podcast. Um, so that level of bombast and ridiculousness, and the way that nothing really makes sense. Right. Like I like my mm-hmm. I, I like my sci-fi soft, and I like my sci-fi fantasy, mm. which is it's the way I the way I grew up with. And so, like Dark Heresy was something I played when I was at uni- when I was at university. I was big into that because I I don't like the system. I'm not even like I don't even agree with the um, with the Catholic space Nazis, but. <laughs> There's something really intoxicating about the bombast and the size and the stupidity yes, of Warhammer, yeah. and so yeah, yeah. Like, it's very appealing. It is like uh, at the root of it, it is a piss take of the kind of like the Thatcherite government in mm. in the UK and about about Tory governments and about bureaucracy and about um, this uh, this monolithic movement. This and, like, and also that's, mm-hmm. that's like England, England's empire is fading. Well, I've said it was fading mm. at the start at the start of the century, but we're coming into a period where we are uh, like in the 70s and 80s where we're starting to own up for this shit and we're starting to apologize and there's, and there's a lot of um of reflection and, and an internalized guilt about what we did as a nation and mm-hmm. the fact that the imperium of man did this thing and now it's crumbling and now and like the imperium of man has been on the back foot ever since warhammer started ever since 40k yep. started and it's only getting worse and i really like that sort of not like or, like not even raging against the night um, the other, I suppose the other thing which really inspired me is Red Dwarf. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I really uh, I grew up watching Red Dwarf. It's my favorite show when I was a kid because it was a bit sci-fi, it was a bit wacky. I always thought Lister was really mm-hmm. cool. But the thing about me is the, the, the thing that it did for me was that everyone in Red Dwarf is shit, <laughs> and no one wants to be there. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no there's no moral lesson, and like occasionally characters will sort of argue and then might, might might sort of learn something and they might have a they might have a you know a sort of like oh I've had a learning moment but ma- but mainly it's four people um two of whom can't die trapped together forever and they're doing their best but they suck and yeah. that's that is that is so many D&D campaigns yeah yeah and so that that really inspired me that level of and and, and also like the like like the, the level of sci-fi um like that's, that's sort of Douglas Adams uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the End of the Galaxy mm-hmm. uh, sorry, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy um sci-fi of yeah why not it doesn't matter like we don't need to explain why this is here and so yes. I, I think the storytelling involved in that um the storytelling around yeah. like just reading 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 Hitchhiker's Guide and the way that he will say here's a couple of sentences about the ravenous bug bleater the the, the bug bleater beast of troll. And we don't need to know any more about that, but that infers this great, it infers this great, uh, this great system outside of it. it. Infers this great setting. And one of the things which turns me off is when you get these 
uh, like doorstop-sized, foot-high fantasy novels where everything's explained. And I totally get why people like them, 100%. And like Forgotten Realms <laughs> is that in role-playing terms. But I yeah. find it I find it really difficult to sit down and do a reading comprehension test beforehand. So I like I like my things unexplained, and I like I, I like I like like to give give the GM and the players opportunity to make stuff up. Make stuff up. Mm. Yeah, I like that actually. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I 100% let my players just insert things into my world. Like, yeah, that's canon now. What you said, yeah. that's canon now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like the best part is when they say it as a joke, and you're like, oh, yeah, really? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, 100%. There's oh, yeah. like, I've got Vape Mountain. I've got Cheddar Bay yeah. based off of Cheddar Bay Biscuits. I've got... Uh, oh, pretty good just a bunch of jokes. Are, are those the ones that Red Lobster? Taken seriously. Are Cheddar Bay biscuits the ones you get at Red Lobster? Yeah. Yes, those yes. are the ones. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had, I went, I went for Red Lobster in Iowa many years ago, mm. and believe it or not, the scones were the best part of it. Yes. Sorry, yeah. biscuits were the best part of it. Um, I yeah. what, another one of my hobbies is going on any any number of um, American Facebook groups I'm on, and t- and just just mentioning casually that scones and biscuits are the same. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm sure it gets someone upset. Oh, most, most wow. people they get they get very angry. Oh, you, you ain't never had my mama's biscuit. All right, shut, calm down. <laughs> and you you call a cookie a biscuit, and they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we have well, we we have cookies. We have we have we have like big big soggy biscuits. Actually, yeah. soggy biscuit is a different thing entirely. That's a uh, that's a that's a well. Yeah, Do you have soggy biscuit else. in your country? Not soggy biscuits, no. no. Uh, okay, it's a it's it's a school it's a it's a game played at boarding school, yeah, and thankfully I, I never went to boarding school. Um, but I don't know I don't know I don't know whether you want to really earn that explicit tag, but it involves jerking <laughs> off onto a biscuit. <laughs> ah, I, see. I learned uh, I learned what a soggy biscuit was from. I think it was a Kid Rock song. <laughs> Probably oh, he seems like he'd be into that sort of thing. Well, okay, I learned. Yeah, I was gonna today. say I just learned something. Google it. You know, you, you know, yeah, you know it's go- like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you, go- you, you, you know what? It speaks like I think soggy biscuit is the perfect example of toxic masculinity. <laughs> I think like like it is it is such an unhealthy sex practice. Oh my god. That um and and we have it and and like it's I, I don't know whether it's apocryphal like all those kind of urban dictionary sex acts you know but um I think there's certainly an element of. Oh trying to get over your own your own incipient feelings of lust by force. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> let's move on to let's move on to the uh, let's, let's move on to the role yeah. Okay, uh, so oh, what's your favorite mechanic from a tabletop role playing game? <sighs> okay, my favorite mechanic. I'm just going to look at my shelf actually. Let's see what I've got over here. Let's break all my games. Um, so it's. It's between two. One is the core system from Dogs in the Vineyard, which uh, Devens and Baker stopped publishing, unfortunately now, and you can't buy the PDF even. But um, Dogs in the Vineyard, for anyone who doesn't know, it's what the guy who wrote Apocalypse World wrote before he wrote Apocalypse World. Okay. And um, you play... um, uh, You play... You you are between the ages of 15 and 17. You are virgin Mormon missionaries in a Wild West that wasn't quite... And you have to travel from town to town, solving sin, solving crime and unhappiness in these settlements. And it is like there is no right answer, and it's not like oh, uh, it's not like oh, the, the the book of life says this is the right thing. It's like no, you can interpret whatever you want. You are the law mm. out here, and whatever oh. you do, whatever you do is right. 
but not okay. all of you are going to think the right thing is the right thing. So every Dogs in the Vineyard right. game ends with these basically these missionary this missionary police force killing each other in the town square because they don't <laughs> want to do the thing. Uh, and it has it has this. Um, in fact, I, the, the other one is the chase mechanic from the first Unknown Armies. It has a very nice way of doing it, but I'll talk about this instead. Um, this has. Um, so the way it works is you have a, you have a dice pool and basically you play poker with your dice and so uh, you pick two dice and you put them forward and the person who uh, the person who has higher wins that round. So mm. that works for an argument. Except uh, so let's, let's say we're arguing and and you're like and you're, and you're like um, my um, my my nephew has arrived and my nephew is furious because um, he ha- uh, he slept with my sister. Um, and, um, sorry. Yeah, you know, why, yeah, why not? You know, all yeah. uh, my nephew's furious. He slept, he slept with my sister and she told someone and she, mm. and he's absolutely furious and he's, he's going to go kill my sister. And I'm like, no, walk away. You don't need to do this. Okay. We can talk about this later. And we roll the dice, blah, 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 blah. And then he gets more than me. So I'm like, cool. Okay. I'm going to push him. I get to grab all my pushing dice and add them to the pool. Mm. And he's like, cool. Okay. I grab a shovel and swing it at you. And he gets to add a shovel dice and it goes all the way up to gunfighting. Mm-hmm. And the mechanic is when it's not about incest. And I'm sorry for putting incest right there at the start. Um, <laughs> the mechanic is how far are you willing to push this conversation? How far are you? What are you willing? Right. How much pain and torment are you willing to inflict to get what you want? It is an mm. incredible system. Wow. Um, oh. It's um, it's like the way it's written. Like it isn't as smooth as Apocalypse World. And like he's certainly come along as a designer since then. But the mm-hmm. way in which that makes like it does PvP better than any game. And I don't like PvP in games. I don't. I don't write. I don't. Mm. I don't write systems that support it even. Mm. Right. Uh, but it like it is a game primarily about PvP, and it's beautiful. It's wonderful. If you could, if you can track a copy down, like I think like books go for like fifty right. quid. Uh, and they're like they're like they're, they're softback A5 little things. But if you can find a PDF or find a copy somewhere, it's very good. It's a beautiful game. That's my favorite mechanic. That's really yeah. interesting. I'll have to. Good luck. Yeah, I'm very interested in that. That, that sounds good for like a one or two shot scenario. Oh yeah. god, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the other thing yeah. about the game is it's emotionally exhausting. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like we were playing. Uh, me and uh, and a few of my mates were on holiday. We were playing a game. And I think roughly once every 45 minutes, we had to go, all right, stop a sec, zoom out the characters, what's going on here? And we had to sort mm. of explain and say, well, I, I think I want this. And I, blah, 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 blah. and then we'd go back into the characters because it was simply, it was too intense. Oh, man, that's good. And like, yeah. and like what you're dealing with is like, hey, my husband's been cheating on me and, um, and, and he knocked me up. I don't want to be with him anymore. Mm. I want to I, I go off and live with this other guy in, in a different town. He's going to treat me right. And it's like, well, mm. according to the law, you can't get divorced. However, according to the law, he shouldn't be cheating on you. So, should we kill him? Mm. And it's and it's these it's it's like it's these massive decisions that it's yeah it's um it's hugely draining, but a wonderful game. Yeah, that sounds super interesting. I like that a lot. Good I, I really love that uh, you did this thing where it's like, okay, let's come out of being the the characters for mm. a moment. Let's uh, go up into reality and let's actually talk about it on the meta level. Yeah, um, that's really good because uh, things can get really deep when you're way too much into the character yeah, sure. and stuff like that's going on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just recently in this game that a uh, cat's actually running. I uh, I decided my character wanted to do something a little bit. Uh, 
uh, oh, dodgy. This was amazing, okay. though. Yeah, and so I'm like, all right, I want to talk about this, and I don't want to be secretive about this because I don't want to upset anyone, like out of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's like you don't want to, you don't want to. A lot of people try to take the game a little seriously and be like, mm-hmm. no, I'd want to do what my character does, but you're playing with real people, and you need to yeah. be considerate of that fact. Yeah, and so I made sure I was very straightforward about me wanting to sort of half betray the whole party, <laughs> <laughs> which which I think everybody was pretty okay with that. And and when you said that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna take these notes that I have written for the last part of this campaign and kind of put them aside. <laughs> Just gonna throw them into a lake. <laughs> and I, I, I find that people are I'm sorry Kat, I spoke over you, what are you saying? Oh, I was going to say <laughs> But that's totally okay I mean, when you have uh, That sort of moment where Yeah, you're thrown for a loop As a, a GM But you're like, you know what? Let's go with this, let's see where this goes This is cool I, Those are my favourite moments as a GM mm-hmm. and as a player as well, because that's that's when you're that's when you're improvising. Mm-hmm. That's when yeah. that's when you've got raw story out, and it isn't like I mm-hmm. I I always struggle with with the sort of the old school adversarial relationship between the GM has this huge bank of knowledge, oh, I hate that, and yeah. the players are there to explore. And like and like so, that's something I struggle with. It there is there is a way in which that's fun, and I think that having this beautifully crafted dungeon and sort of having basically someone there as a as a medium to, to explain this world to you can be fun, mm-hmm. but it's not what I'm looking for. What I want is to sit down and have like a few glasses of wine with my mates and talk about and, and come up with the story together. And so yes. when the GM surprised and the GM has the trust and the, yes. uh, and the confidence. So yeah, okay, I'll change my plans. This is, this is now what's happening. This, this is the story. We've made the story together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's something beautiful and exciting there because that story um, like if you run Tomb of Horrors, every game of Tomb of Horrors is going to go the same, <laughs> because because you go through, you put your arm in the hole, the arm the arm comes off, blah, 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 whatever. It's the same, it's the same set of things. There's no there's no creation there. You're simply mm. you're simply exploring. Whereas once, whereas when Gabe was like, um, God, I hope I got your name right. When Gabe wanted to do something dodgy, Gabe, was it you wanted to do something dodgy? Yeah, that was me. Yes, yes, brilliant. <laughs> Gabe and Cat. I don't know who the third guy is. Who's the third guy? Sean. Sean! Love it. Yeah. Right. Is that is that with an EA, Sean? Yes, the correct way. Whereas when Gay was I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing which is surprising. At that point you, you no one else could have made that. No like it's mm. only come together in this moment. It's it's only happened there, and there's something really valuable and yes. like you're making things unique. for Yeah, you you're making things for each other. And there's something there's something loving, there's something exciting about that. And I, I I don't love all the people I play games with, but I love a lot of them. And it's nice to sort of come around and share this thing and not just say, Hey, I made this thing with you, but I'm gonna make this thing with you. And that's really that's yes. really a really beautiful feeling. Super beautiful. Wow, yeah. Yeah, uh, that sort of that feeling of creation of doing something together is definitely one of the most rewarding things I get of, out of my stuff. Mm. I, I run a really role play heavy session. I have like uh, I do it online, and I have like on Discord places, like little rooms where they can do role plays, and mm. everybody uses it in between weeks. And I'm just so happy to see all see them doing that and like interacting with each other and making things that I'm not planning for at all. How do you find it is like, like running the? So, so do you run the majority of your games online? Uh, I do, yeah. Like, do you find that challenging? Do you find that rewarding? How how does that compare to you for running in person? 
So um, I ran in person before and I ran online before. I would say the biggest difference um, online gives you a lot of availability to be a little more casual mm -hmm. with how you want to uh, not only run the game, but also uh, uh, run the characters. Like, okay. uh, because I have this room uh, in my Discord uh, where they can roleplay, things can ha things can happen in between sessions during some downtime that like mm. they're traveling or whatever that I can read over and plan for the next week whereas in real life things everything basically has to happen at the table yeah mm. and it's good because a lot of um I will say in person you get a lot better uh you can read people's faces and things like for, that for so, sure mm -hmm. yeah so so that interaction there is better but there's uh there's more room online to 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 wiggle mm. with basically. So they're different uh and I would say if you're comfortable like not being able to read people's faces and things like that, I would say online is fun because because it gives you that chance to go beyond just the weekly session. Yeah, and also like to play with people from different parts of the world. That's also true. Different uh different experiences. It's a big part of it. Yeah. I'm playing with uh, somebody in Japan, somebody oh, cool. uh, in the East Coast, uh, somebody in the West Coast, uh, uh, and a couple people in DC. So we're like spread all over. Well, I'm glad you enjoy <laughs> playing with people online. Sean, you had a point briefly, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say also um, online is a little easier when you uh, you can like have access to just making stuff and like resources, mm. um, like the character sheets and tokens and what have you. Especially if you're like using like roll twenty and whatever, you can just easily drag and drop, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it does all the math for you, which a lot of my players right, right. appreciate. Yeah. I've always yeah. I've always struggled with getting people to treat online games seriously. I think uh, is the challenge oh, really? for me. Really? It's like well, so not sorry, not seriously, and like turn up and say what your character feels. Yeah, no, but no, more no. like uh, but more like like showing up on time and showing up regularly. Uh, um, because because I'm always the GM. One of the things which um, which really which I really struggle with, honestly, is um, uh, s some of the games I'm in and I've been in. It's quite a casual, relaxed thing, and so we're all friends. They're mm. all friends primarily. We meet up to play Dungeons and Dragons, and so mm. like we'll 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 text each other or, or on the on the on the morning of the, of the day. And be, hey, we're we still on for tonight. Something might be. Oh, I can't. Oh, I've got a thing tonight. Oh, I'd forgotten. I'm doing something else. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it's like I don't mind, and they're still my friends. But as the GM, it's like I've got like I've got to, I've got to rev myself up into this mode. Mm, and then, right. and then to sort of exist in that in that liminal space is quite tricky. Where it's like, well, I might have a game tonight, and I and I have to cancel yeah. other things I'm doing. And so, uh, online games, I've I, I often like because it doesn't take because you don't go somewhere because there isn't like it doesn't have the same ritual around it. People people right. treat it as less sacrosanct in that way. Uh, but it's it's certainly a lot more convenient. I'll give it that. No, that's hundred percent true. Mm. Um, definitely. Get them cancellations all the time. Shout out to Ron. <laughs> Shout out to Ron. Is Ron supposed to be here? No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. He's a he's a he's a mutual friend and player in our games. So, and he uh, he was very in often he was in the first session sure. of my of my game that I run and then never showed up again. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, he had a great time. <laughs> it's it's not it, it's not that he doesn't enjoy it. He's very uh he's got a busy schedule. He's very busy. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't blame him. 
I, I, th- I think entirely at least. <laughs> it sounds like you're not bitter. It sounds great. <sighs> I, th- I think there's a responsibility as we as we grow up and get a little bit older, and as as we have less free time because we've got more because we've got um, yeah. more obligations to say. Actually, I can't be in your game, and that sounds lovely. Or like, actually, I can be in your game, but I can do three sessions. I can't pretend mm, to right. be an elf every week forever. Right. Mm. Um, and like, so, so, so like for the last few years, if someone if someone asks me to be in a game, what I'll say is like, yeah, that sounds great. I can do four sessions, and mm. then and then after that, if the group's really working for me, if I'm having a brilliant time, then we can talk about it and we can talk about making it a permanent thing. But until then, you get me for three four sessions, and I guarantee you, I'll show up to everyone. Yeah, and that and that means that you can you can tell a story and everyone can have fun, and then you can move on because. I mean, the the natural end state of Dungeons and Dragons campaigns is they just sort of stop quietly when no one's looking. Yeah, <laughs> which is a heartbreaker. That is, yeah, that's so, that's how most is. of them end. Yeah, sadly, I've experienced mm. that a few times, and it's uh, mm-hmm. that's just how somewhere, it goes sometimes. Somewhere, all your characters are waiting for you to return. Oh, oh, mm. ow! Campfire. Ow! My heart. But yeah, having that mature responsibility to. Uh, to handle your schedule and be able to uh, be up front like I, I'm here for four sessions so you got me um, yeah make the best yeah I will say yeah. uh, I make sure you know every week uh, everybody's like how's everybody's schedule looking uh, I use like a website uh, that uh, basically lets everybody pick yeah when is good it's literally called okay. when is good uh, that's good that, that uh, like it uh, changes it to whatever time zone you're in and you can pick what days you're available what times things like that that's very good yep cat yeah. i think you had another question oh yeah um so uh just getting into the more uh personal about you okay. our, our special guest um <laughs> very special <laughs> well okay i like i like long walks on the beach <laughs> uh, i like fireplaces and I like short books. No, sorry, please ask a question. <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, with you creating um, these modules, um, what has someone done with one of the modules that has surprised you? That you didn't necessarily, oh, that's a new way of approaching it, or I didn't think of that. Someone played, I wrote this game uh, a couple of years ago called Mechanical Oryx. Which was in the two th- in the two hundred word RPG camp- uh, co- competition. Okay. And in it, you play. Um, I like like I I don't like to toot my own trumpet, blow my own trumpet, toot my own horn. I don't like to do any yeah. sort of one man banding of the various brass instruments I've got. <laughs> um, but I'm actually really proud of Mechanical Oryx, and it's two hundred words, so it's not a very long read. But mm. um, you play sort of um, semi. You, you you play autonomous robots who who, who protect humans after the apocalypse. Uh, right. But that's that's so that's, near. that's yeah. yeah actually, it's, it's, it's like near, but you're an antelope. Ooh, um, hence the oryx bit. Um, and you yeah, are, oryx. Okay, uh, it's, awesome. Um, it's and like it's inferred. And there's, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities to sort of say what the setting is and what you do. And there's something semi magical about oh, it, semi mystical. Really neat. Really yeah. happy with it. Uh, someone's running it as a campaign it's game, mm. and it's two hundred words. And you should not run two hundred word RPGs as a campaign game. I don't care how good they are. <laughs> I like like I'm I'm partially of the opinion you shouldn't run two hundred word RPGs because they're they're so short. Like they're art pieces and they're beautiful things, 
Mm-hmm. But um, it's really hard to actually use one for a game. There's so much mm. cognitive load placed on the gym and the players that it's, it kind of stops being fun quite quickly, unless it's a very tight setting. Uh, someone right. did that. Um, this chap called Evan Saft um, wrote a hack of Honey Heist called Be Gay, Do Crimes. <laughs> okay. Where your two stats are gay and crime, which I fucking love. <laughs> that's incredible! Yeah. Holy that's, shit! That's really and, and like and like it's and like he's thought about it and like it's it's a it's a loving homage to Honey Heist and also it's its own good standalone game. Uh, mm-hmm. You you roll a d six to see what kind of gay person you are, and six is a oh, bear. Wow. No, an actual bear, which I really yeah. like. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can play a bear like a large hairy gay man or a real bear. Yeah, which I which I really appreciate. Uh, big AD oh, crimes is man. great. I love it. Anything else? It's like it's always it's always it. really exciting That's seeing fun. people. Uh, play games. So, like, uh, if you're asking about modules in, in particular, we so, so we write um, my co-author um, on on Spire and Unbound and bloody Chris. Uh, yeah, Chris Chris Taylor, mm-hmm. um, tallest man in the world. He is um, <laughs> he's, he's brilliant. He's one he's a wonderful human being. And um, we he taught me how to GM. He was my first proper GM when I was growing up ah. uh, when, I, when I was at university. Uh, and so I, we were in this, we were in this Dungeons and Dragons campaign. It was running, it was running for a, like I think it ran for the entirety of first year of university. And I was always really impressed at the way he held the world together. And one time, I, one time I happened to be sitting next to him while he was jamming. I sneaked to look at his notes, and he wrote, <laughs> and he'd written, and this is the entirety of what he'd written: "Lawyer elves? Question mark? Blam! Is adventure?" <laughs> and that was his session wow. notes. And I was, and like, and I was like, oh, oh, so you're just making it up. <laughs> and it was it was really exciting to sort of have that, and so yeah. um, so as we've written as we've written uh, scenarios for Spire, our, our game of Dark Elf Revolution, right? Uh, it's really exciting to work with him on that because what we'll do is we'll I we both view scenario generation um, in this sort of game less so in, in like investigation games or like your Delta Greens, your Cthulhu's. There's you know you, you have your mystery novel mm-hmm. um, routes through that, but in my opinion, a good scenario is it's getting a soapbox racer and putting that on top of a hill and you've got you've got you've got uh, chocks underneath it to stop it rolling you weigh it down with a significant amount of weight and like two tigers and then pull the chocks out and it goes down the hill at that point you the scenario writer turn and walk away <laughs> because because you've done everything you need to make like the bottom of that hill is going to be fucking yeah. crazy <laughs> But that's not, that's not your responsibility. What your responsibility is, right. as a game designer, and in my, in my opinion, as a, as a scenario writer, is to give people mm. the tools to tell their own stories, not to have them tell your own story, because yes. you might as well just write a novel. Yes. And so yes. it's always fascinating because we write these big open-ended, we write these big open-ended games, and we generally have a bit at the end saying, "Here's eight ways the module might end." I guess it's really exciting hearing people come onto the Discord and hearing people chat to me about how their game was. Because like, because mm-hmm. we've got these pre-gen characters, and I'll say, oh, ah, Callow Hurst was this way. Oh, ah, Jean-Jacques Lefebvre was this way. And mm-hmm. the way in which their games progress, and like how wildly divergent the scenarios come, because all we do is give you the start, and then you know that you get on with it. So that's always really exciting yeah. to see. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, I feel the. I I- yeah, I, I agree. Also, I feel the exact same way. That's what that's what that's what we try to do mm-hmm. here. We try to make sure. Mm-hmm. You, we give you the tools, <laughs> and you run it however you want to. <laughs> yeah, we definitely encourage uh, reflavoring or retexting things 
Um, I even encourage that just so whenever you go buy a module, yes. like change your names. If take you, take what you skin. like. Always, always, always. Yeah, Never take, use take what you like and throw away what you don't. Yeah. yeah, that's that's exact words I use. Like, go read it. Okay, I like it, and throw it throw it in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with the red. Uh, just do just play it out. So yeah. Right, here's a more specific question for you that I had. What um, how'd you come up with the uh the the card deck? A mechanic for Unbound. Yeah. I was going to ask that. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks, um, so this, I mean, this would this would be defined between Chris and I. Uh, I think okay. I think it was Chris's idea. So so the the way Unbound happened. Unbound used to be called Chronicle back in the day, but we just okay. we determined Chronicle was too close to Chronicles of Darkness to release it as a name because Chronicles of Darkness is the is White Wolf's or Onyx Path's storytelling system. Ah. Um, and we wrote this, and so I'd I'd move, I was living in Australia for eighteen months. It was a really wonderful time in my life. Uh, mm. I was there over with my spouse's work, and then I had to move to New York for a year, mm. which was one of the worst times of my life because New fucking York. <laughs> it's I, I went. Uh, we we moved in December, and so I went from a Sydney summer to a New York mm. winter. Oh wow! Um, and like I, I think I went I went out for a cigarette on the street, and I had to come in halfway through because the snow was building up on the side of my face. And I was mm. like, it's like this is this is shit. <laughs> and so I was, I was, unlike for a v- wide variety of other neurological reasons, I was profoundly depressed um, when I was in New York. I was not a happy camper at all. And so, uh, because at that point our time zones were a bit closer, Chris and I started working together. We were like, we should write a game, mm. otherwise we're both going to go deranged. I think, I think Chris had recently left his job as well because he was driving him mad. And so we were just sort of like scraping through, trying to understand what we were doing. We said, well, let's let's write a game together. And the very first draft of Unbound was a D20 game where all of your stats were hit points. <laughs> it was it was basic it was basically Dungeons and Dragons but without hit points and like you'd attack someone's whiz or you'd attack someone's dexterity, etc. Okay. So it, I mean it, it sucked. Um <laughs> and we I mean, and I'm still it, like, had huh, the, it had the uh, so you know we've got the cores in Unbound, we've got like Warrior and Devout yes. and Pack Band. Yeah, yeah. We had Sailor. <laughs> and one of the cores was Sailor and you got a boat. <laughs> that was that was a special ability. Uh, it was uh, it was all over the shop, but we but like we, we listen we, that could work if you could summon it and it's an airship. Well, that's, that's, I mean, like at that point, you, you probably just like reskin the mighty weapon tray. I know. I had yeah. I had uh, so in one of the in one of the um in the, we did an exhibition game for the Kickstarter, and this mm. character had the had the had the mighty weapon tray, and it, it represented this uh, this sentient war rig. The drove okay. around and and like and like she'd roll to attack and the war rig would crash in from off screen and run someone over. <laughs> That's and really good. An- another player had uh, another player. His weapon was six men, <laughs> and he stood at the back going yeah, which I, yeah. Which I really appreciate. Uh, the oh card deck, I think. I think so. So the card deck, we we decided that cards would be fun because it gave you a hand, and by mm. and by having a hand, you had choices to make. And it it sort of felt more like um, it felt more potential. I think like like you, you dealt the card at the start of your hand, at the start of your turn, and then you make these choices and you do these things. And so that's kind of cool. I quite like that. I think the other thing as well was to have a. Um, I know a lot of role players treat their dice like they're sort of um, redheaded stepchildren. It's really yeah. strange, and like there's dice shaming and stuff. And because like I get it, they are they are the the fetishistic tools which we use to interact with an imaginary world. They are the closest thing we'll get to a diving suit to entering the world of a role-playing game. You know, okay. they 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 let mm. they let us move between 
the uh, between our real world through the fictional world to the mechanical world, and they give feedback loops. They're very important to people. I get that. However, I do not get why everyone thinks they have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I don't, I don't care much for dice. I don't, I don't really carry them. Um, I view them the same way I'd view a printer or a photocopier. They're, they're a tool I use, and mm. lots of people have lots have, have lovely dice. By all means, go for it. Like it's nice, it's nice right. to have nice things, but it's not something which I feel especially. And uh, I didn't care for dice. I didn't. I wasn't much excited. But we were like, "What if you use playing cards?" Yeah, we could write on the playing cards, and that means that, yeah. and that means that you can sort of carry your character around, and you and like the tool you use to interact with the world. Your 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 the machine you use to change the world changes with you. Mm. Uh, I think that honestly, like if we were if we were writing Unbound now, it would be a different different set of decisions. Like we've come on as designers since then. I've written what fucking forty mm-hmm. games, I think, since then or yeah. something. Um, oh, yeah. Like like cause I'm putting out one a month. For my sins, and it's <laughs> it's uh, like we made some decisions which I wouldn't make again. But I'm certainly happy with a book. I, like there's there's some really lovely evocative stuff in there. And so like like mm. we, we we were chatting about doing the reprint. Uh, so we're gonna do a reprint in January, I think. Uh, th- there you are. That's mm. exclusive. There's an announcement for you there. Um, <laughs> exclusive announcement. Breaking news. Get Kotaku yeah. on the phone. But um, <laughs> the. We were reading through, and like I was thinking, oh, I don't know whether I, whether I, whether I just want to do a straight reprint because I've come along as a designer since then. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. We're reading through it, and we're like, oh, this is fucking great. Did we write this? This is brilliant. <laughs> oh, this is this, some of these powers are really cool. Yeah. So we're just going to reprint it. We're going to stick the cyberpunk and the uh, urban horror yes. modules into nice. the main book. Nice, nice, um, nice, and perfect. Get, and get it printed better so it doesn't fall apart. Because <laughs> we got we got it we got it print on demand through Lightning Source, who are fast and efficient, but not good or nice. So we're gonna we're gonna get it litho printed this time, so the books don't come apart in a, in a yeah. stiff wind. But yeah, it was it was all it was always uh, so uh, a, a little a little fun fact. The the first draft I said the first draft of Unbound, the first draft of Unbound with playing cards we had uh, mm-hmm. involved there was there was this ritual that everyone did at the start of the game. Okay. And so you sat down and you got your deck and you wrote your character and you did like your you did your your um your character cards and you know wrote out what was mm-hmm. important to you. Then you picked one card out, out of your deck of cards and tore it in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, in front of everyone. And what mm-hmm. what this is meant to do, it was like, hey, you like your life hasn't been perfect, I don't know. Your life's been dangerous. What what's harmed that you? Is... What's hurt you? Mm-hmm. And we thought we'd yeah. do that. And I, I cannot it is disgusting ripping up a playing card from a deck yeah. it is gross no one liked it I didn't like doing it and I wrote the rule you're right it feels profane if yeah it feels mm. sacrilege right yeah it's like, um, it's, that, it's like tearing a page out of a book you've ruined that book now yeah yeah. I will say that um, that's actually uh, kind of uh, similar to a Buddhist philosophy where nothing is supposed to be perfect mm-hmm. um, like a great example is um this guy bought a brand new truck. It was beautiful, perfect, and um, and to follow that philosophy, that teaching, he took his car key and just scratched it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because like the va- like uh, it comes from I can't remember the uh what they they teach it with like a vase like uh when the vase has broken cracks in it and it gets fixed and so forth. Mm. Um. It reflects to us as human beings that mm. uh, nothing is perfect and we're flawed and we get stronger from our flaws. Yeah. Or, um, like, that remind me of that. Even if we don't get stronger, like like the 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 uh, the quest for the quest for perfection is fruitless. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, the only yeah. way you can reach perfection is through delusion. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. And I, so it's, very true. And it's or or if yourself. Sorry. 
Dragon Ball. Dragon. Never mind. That was a Dragon Ball Z. Oh, I'm very sorry. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I've not actually seen the program. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's, there seem to be a lot of men with yellow trousers doing a shout. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the, well, that's that's the show. Okay, yeah. I, I think it looks like fun, and the game looks brilliant. The um, the the fighting game looks great. I just don't understand a fucking thing that's going on. Why is that guy green? <laughs> They're aliens. <laughs> Uh, okay, the Kung Fu Islands. Anyway, go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's the show. I was right. gonna say the. Uh, I really like the scarring mechanic in the in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. I couldn't bring myself to write on my cards, so I brought I bought sleeves oh. for them and like put in a little piece of paper. <laughs> but uh, I, I was the, I, I used I used to, we got a um, we got a bumper pack a bumper pack of bicycle playing cards. And I used to give them out to my players. Uh, and I, I and so, so like I've got those all. I've, I've still got the decks that my players used stored in my cupboard. Um, and I, I I needed I needed some playing cards for a thing Chris and I were doing recently, so I, I grabbed one and it happened to be uh, was this guy was his name was um, Donny uh, uh, Donny Mad Dog something. He was he, he was a boxer. Okay. He's bo- he a boxer in a cyberpunk ah. in, in a cyberpunk campaign. And like uh-huh. and like like the like his character card was all my friends are monsters in that he was the warden on un- augmented human. Oh, in, the, in this world. But he he had the scar card and it was um and he 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 killed someone and went down on the same round, and so the scar was my kids saw and they saw him just pounding this guy to to absolute oh, shreds wow. on like mm-hmm. on on his bedroom floor to protect his kids and they mm-hmm. saw. And that was, and that was, and it's like, so I got shivers when I read that because it took me right back to that moment. It was so cool. You're making me miss playing this game. It's still a good game. It's fun. I want to say, Grant, you've also validated uh, the whole dice thing for me because I don't have a collection of dice. Okay. And um, that's like weird. It's like, like you're a GM and you don't have a dice collection. Do, do, what's, what's do you just operate you? like the queen and you just use other people's dice? <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah. carry dice. <laughs> but yeah, that's um that was that was that was validating yeah, for me I, because I don't I don't view dice as uh something precious and anything I want to collect. I, I but, agree one hundred percent. I mean I have dice, but that's just because uh I you yeah, you use, I use I've them, got dice the same way I've got like dishcloths. Yeah, exactly. The, they, they naturally I, don't, like, right, in yeah, my I house. don't display them or anything like that. I uh I use roll twenty and I'm like, okay everybody roll and roll twenty. And some people get upset. They're like, I don't want to. Ha- I don't want to use this online program. My this, dice are special. <laughs> Devil's and, dice. And I'm like, this, this is fair for everybody. Just roll it here. It's fine. Right. It's random. It's as ra- it's as random as regular dice. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if not more so. Can't, can't can't do sleight of hand in real life. Exactly. With the dice. Though I do like the uh, little quivers of fear that I hear out of people when they hear me uh, roll dice over the microphone. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is a psychological component for uh, being a GM and doing that. <laughs> I, I, I think dice. you could easily replace all the jamming with just like I'm going to say four MP3s of dice rolling on your phone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's man. smart. I should do that because I'm gonna do that. I, yeah, yeah. I, I roll all my I roll all my dice on roll twenty like to the GM, so they they don't see the rolls. So yeah, that's, don't don't that's look at the smart. dice. Don't look at the dice unless unless no, and, I'm gonna and, do that unless uh, unless unless you don't know what's gonna happen. Don't look at the dice. Yeah. No one's gonna know. Oh, my 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 one piece of advice uh, for GMs out there. Mm. Um, Here's my here's my top tip: Never let players know you're cheating. Yes. Never mm-hmm. ever yes. ever. Like, That's a GM like, tip of the day. Like yeah. if, you, if you cheat you in their favor, if you cheat against their favor, 
there it like you enter when you sit around the the, the role playing table you enter this mm-hmm. weird sort of um hey so this is a challenge right and we're we're trying to get through and do this together and so you've got these surprise especially in D&D never tell players you're like oh what well, you're doing with you also put some more hit points on him fuck you mm-hmm. yeah fuck you yep <laughs> it's like it's, and like so so we used to run um we used to run LARPs back in the day I um, mm. used to run it's a game called Zombie LARP which has okay. uh, to, 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 which is something I'm quite proud of it's been played on more continents than it hasn't which is nice mm. <clears throat> and Zombie LARP is a is a uh, a buffer nerf zombie survival simulation okay um, and so like we started off and we had it as this sort of pure fucking chaos and we had like six people go into a uh, building that we took over at university and filled with 35 zombies and they had to get, get the things and get out blah 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 and then, as we started playing more, we did, like we discovered that actually, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to we're going to cur- curate an experience for these players, so they can't see, but all around all, all around them in this dark space, there are GMs lurking, sending zombies after them, and it's and and, and like and like you'll see that oh, actually, they're they're low on ammunition, two of them are down. Let's pull the zombies back for a bit and let them have a breather and that sort of thing, mm. just so they got this, just okay. so they got this, I suppose, closer to an immersive theatre experience, and right, it was really right. cool. Uh, and that made for better games until the players found out, oh. and they were absolutely furious that actually mm. what we were doing is tweaking it so they'd in, in, in a commas, so they'd win. Like what they wanted to do was see if they could best this system. And I think if you've got a game like Dungeons and Dragons, which is why we're here today, you have to you can't let anyone see behind the curtain. Yep. In, in uh, Wizard of Oz terms, here's here's my secret. I don't actually make. Uh, hit points for any of the enemies I run. Whoa. I just I keep subtracting, and then once it gets past Whoa. a certain point, I'm like, uh, "Yeah, they're dead now." Wow, you did oh, it. That's, that's bold. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you, you just I, said I, that on air. <laughs> I've got to assume some of your players listen to this show. Uh, I don't know if they do actually. So well, you better hope they don't. Yeah, but uh, no, if, I uh... if they know that all their dice and their sneak attacks are completely meaningless. <laughs> Yeah, that's my secret. I just uh, sometimes, you know, oh wow, you you got him to half hit points after a certain amount of time. Oh, you did so well. Oh yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I I keep track of how much damage they do, but I don't. It's not out of a bar or anything like that. It's straight up just. Uh, yeah, this seems like a good point to end the battle. <laughs> my advice to you: skip that bit where you keep track of the the, of the damage. <laughs> You go, know what? go at it hard. Do you, yeah, no, no half measures. You know what? I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> That's uh. <laughs> if you're yeah, just playing I, Calvin Ball anyway. I can't. <laughs> shit, I can't let any of them hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. You're, you're gonna tell them listen to the whole show except for uh, this timestamp and this timestamp. Yeah. So, so, so listen. Hi guys. There's some audio issues on this week's podcast. Uh, there's a loud ringing noise about an hour in, but uh, just just don't 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 worry about that. Don't worry. It's a, tr- a truck went past. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, that's the uh, that's my that's my secret. <laughs> I don't. I. I'm. I'm almost certain Sean does something similar in his well, session. Oh yeah. But uh, I won't. I won't. I won't ask him for any specifics. I. I. I, I respect the. I respect as a GM. I respect other GMs. Uh, the ways they do it. I won't ask. It doesn't matter to me as long as I'm having fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's an important thing. Kat, you were saying earlier that you really like the uh, the palpable chill of fear. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, that runs down players. Um, well, I suppose we could infer it runs down their spines over voice chat. <laughs> but um, like, do you find that fear is something which which you use as a GM? Uh, like excitement, anticipation. Yeah. So in the game that I run, it's um, uh, got some horror elements. Mm-hmm. And what what do you run, sir? Um. Uh, so I have a. Uh, Homebrew, uh, awesome. Um, that's based off of Powered by the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, that is based in the Portal universe. Uh, oh, por- nice! Portal Half Life. Um, yeah. So the all the players, um, all the classes, you're either a test subject, uh, an Aperture employee, or um, a AI robot. Yes, I was hoping the third one would be robot. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it, um, we had talked about earlier about how, um, some of these worlds uh, where you don't have like this deep lore necessarily, Mm. I found that, um, like Portal Half-Life has that sort of connect the dots outline of the universe that allows me to be like, Hey, they introduced the possibility of alternate universes. So... We are in one of those alternate universes where all the employees didn't die. So that's why we have employees. And then it allows me to have these, like, horror elements, too. Because, mm. hey, now we've got, like, genetic experiments running around. And Mantis Men and things like that. Um, so I can, defi- I can definitely imagine um, the the guy who's in charge saying the word Mantis Men <laughs> in every thing. Yeah, What's his yeah. Name? Cave Johnson. Just, um, it's, uh, it's the guy. Yes, Cave, Cave Johnson. It's the guy who wants pitched the Spider Man, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, def- he's definitely imagine him, him getting really enthused about Mantis Men. <laughs> Get me yeah. pictures of Mantis Men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why haven't we made that joke yet? Did why? You? I don't know. <laughs> what? what the fuck? I'm disappointed in you. Shit, oh, I didn't no. think of that until now. What the fuck is wrong with me? Wow. We failed. Anyway. Um. <laughs> so I think that sort of creepy fear is a good motivator mm-hmm. um, because we have different kinds of um, players in the game mm-hmm. who are playing different char- characters. So, for example, we've got um, these characters that would just run straight for the danger. Yeah, the Head twins. <laughs> the twins, yeah. Um, and then we have characters who would run away from the danger and to sort of have that dynamic there is really interesting be like Mm. wait wait Mm -hmm. you know no we've got this stay or why are you running into the thing (laughs) so it to have that um the uh creep factor is good and and also Mm. i um before we even started the campaign um we had to sit down be like okay what do you not want me to go? Like, where... Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah, lines and veils, yeah? Yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, where, are the where are the boundaries? Yep. Because I will play within those boundaries. And, and yeah, for sure. You know, I think um, I, I'm able to achieve that. Um, for example, having a uh, one of the AI um, creepily singing in the darkness... <laughs> Oh, man, that was so good. <laughs> yeah. Did that... you like? Did you did you sing yourself or did you use a recording? No, I had a recording. Um, uh, that, that's, that's the thing. That's that's better. 
Because you can talk over that. That's brilliant. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. I use a lot of... Um, uh, since I run this online, um, I have a Discord bot that uses music. Oh, nice. So I can just... I have a, a whole list in a Google Doc of play this at a really creepy scene or oh, here's nice. here's all my combat music here's so i have a whole section for this one robot of creepy mm. songs that it can be singing i was i was in a game in my uh, second year of university i had this uh, chap called uh, hal duncan he runs his board game designer he wrote cryptozoologic cryptologic cryptozoo anyway it's a good game <laughs> but he was running a silent hill game using the world of darkness rules <sighs> Um, and like unusually for Silent Hill, it was a group of us going in to do this thing. But Hal, Hal went at it. Hal was Hal was like I, he put the most effort in of any GM that I've seen. Not in terms of prep, mm. but mm. What, he, what he did, he went out and bought bad torches and bad batteries. And by torches, I mean flashlights. He he, he mm-hmm. bought bad flashlights and bad batteries. Um, and the game was played in pitch blackness. We walked, oh. we walked into the room, the lights were off, the curtains were drawn, and we could only use these torches, of which there were not enough, and they weren't functional to view our sheets. So it was already really dark and claustrophobic. And I don't know how much you know about the Silent Hill universe, but there's there's the idea that the that the that radio signal buzzes and, and goes yes. into static. Yes. Yep. And monsters are near. He got us an AM radio, and he plugged an AM radio transmitter, which was illegal in our country. <laughs> Into his laptop, oh and whenever a monster came in, he would increase the broadcast signal until eventually. Mm. And, and so we got. Holy shit! That's so. It was amazing. absolutely wow. terrible. Like, like to the point where, it, like, like when when we were hiding, like when we were running away from the monsters quite often, we would turn the radio off because it was just unpleasant, mm. even though yeah. it was telling us where the monsters were. Oh. So, like, like hats off to you for using sound in games. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's. That like it's is um I'm always terrified of using technology. I'm terrified of anything. Like I learned that from my zombie LARP days. That the second the second we put a computer near the game, everything broke, and so we we got it pared down to the point where everything was just running on gumption and hope and elbow grease. And because that like like I can I can replace one person who's taking guns somewhere with a different person, but I can't fix a computer program. I don't have the brain for that. Right. But right. I think like, I've been scared off it. But I think it's great. It's great. It's great to hear it, and it's wonderful to have music and sound effects and all these wonderful mm-hmm. things come up in the game, especially for Discord as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, man, that is just theatrical. Wow, I, love I that. will say, Cat is. You really uh, went all the way. Oh, go ahead. No, it's so good. Uh, I, I will say, Cat is very good at doing music. I awesome. a, every time we play, she's she you you play like the perfect music for the perfect moments, and like I'm like, how do I do that for my session? And I just can't get my head wrapped around it. You do a really good job oh. with setting tone. Thank you. I, I just put on the Bloodborne soundtrack again. <laughs> so I, I, do too. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> That's my go-to when something's creepy. Yeah. I'm like, ah, uh, let's yeah. see, Shadow of Yarnum. Kind of spooky, yeah, sure. Okay, let's go for it. That sounds good. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's not like, like it's not like you put it on on, on shuffle, play all, and occasionally some hair metal right. crops up. You know, just just play, just play that. Everything's fine. It's largely inoffensive. Yep, it's great. I've done something that's probably a bad idea. It's um, I, I on the Discord is Groovy Bot. And I just let, hey, any of the players, you guys can play the songs you want. And I mean, oh, it's no. actually a fun time. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of people will play, like, we're doing a spooky mansion right now in uh, my Zelda campaign. And so, like, they'll play, put on Scooby-Doo music. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, okay. Okay, yeah, you but know what? It, it's fun. It's or, fun. Or Resident yeah. Evil music, actually, was, was good. Yeah, that one was good. But, um, but yeah. 
giving the players power like that you like you're yeah, giving you're... them a drink box that's that's powerful man yeah that's... man <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've got the uh, the nuts to do that no no but we've uh like we've got it. a good group <laughs> it's funny that I play in both of your guys' games actually <laughs> that is funny huh. I think do you guys think it's about time we get to the <laughs> yeah I think so wow yeah all right, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Let's start making a module. Grant, would you roll a d6 for us? Yeah, sure. I've got it on my desk. It's a two. Okay. <laughs> the sealed sword bandits have taken over a local temple and are holding the priests hostage. The leader is trying to attune the sacred weapon there to uh, kept there to himself, and that's by iGunk on Reddit. So that's our hook. Okay, sealed sword bandits. Right. That, that, so I'm, I'm I'm visioning like it's, it's it's probably quite quite a low level adventure. We're looking like levels two to four, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. This feels like something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I quite like I quite like low level. I quite like like street level stories. I think they're, they're a, bit, a bit easier to understand. Okay, cool. Let's get our uh, let's get our theme right. Yeah, we got comedy. <laughs> Oh, all right, all okay. right. Uh, hard. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, honestly hardest genre to write. Y- yeah, yeah, I would agree. Mine landed on action adventure. That just to let you know. Easiest, adve- uh, easiest, easiest, easiest genre to write. Easiest one to write. <laughs> the vanilla. It is. It is. Okay. It's the vanilla. Okay. I. I'd like. I'd like to propose that. Um. Mm-hmm. That we. I think comedy will happen naturally, because mm. because we're all hanging out having a nice time, and I True. think we should go for mm. lighthearted action adventure. Okay, yeah, they're, they're, mm. they're you know what I mean. Yeah, because because <laughs> like because the the propensity for things to be wackety smackety, um, in terms of in terms of comedy writing is quite hard to do, especially when we're at this stage of the process. I, I agree. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, let's do a let's do a Jackie Chan style action. Comedy. Yeah, <laughs> Jackie Chan. Go. There we go. Yeah, that's the shit. It Nothing is. but letters. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably like uh, put in a ladder, like optimize a club or something like that, and make a there, ladder. There was there was a gnome ladder right. fighter in Pathfinder, wasn't there? <laughs> there um, were... probably like Pathfinder has everything. Yeah, there, yeah. Were, there, there, were, there were rules for gnomish uh, war step ladders, I believe. Yeah, which is like nice. that's the most that's the most Pathfinder shit available. God, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. God. Pathfinder goes places that it's like, how do you even think of this? But, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, lighthearted action adventure. The sealed sword bandits mm-hmm. have taken over a local temple and are holding the priest hostage. The leader is trying to attune the sacred weapon kept there to himself. Mm-hmm. And only we can and, save uh, them. Alright, so I, I think mm. my, uh, my, my, my thing this week kind of fits in, or can at least. So, mm-hmm. I'm bringing overbearing bureaucracy to the table. There which, we, yeah, that's which, solid. which I think can can be pretty comedic uh, if applied correctly. So, basically, <laughs> our players have to um, they're they're sent to deal with this, but they have to basically ask for permission for everything they have to they want to do. Well, you can't take weapons okay. into the church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't true. just waltz in. Where's your Where's your I eighty three form? <laughs> no. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> To have permits for everything. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you can't for go everything. into the church with uncovered shins. <laughs> right, right, yeah. 
I'm sorry, do you have a permit for that bow? <laughs> so, okay, so what if this... So, okay, so what if it's the... You can't the, take a wizard unblindfolded <laughs> into the church. <laughs> so what if it's the temple, like, the people at the temple are these... It's like the, the god of uh, order, I guess. And so these yeah, these yeah. acolytes are like, all right, you need to. We want to be rescued, but you need to do everything by the book. <laughs> and I okay, think I think no. I think you could do quite well by by having like like this this is an offshoot of the main temple, and you and and like and like you've been hired by the mayor, who's like really tired of this happening. But unfortunately, <laughs> you are gonna have to talk to the to the heads of the church, who would much rather you didn't go in today. Maybe maybe you could leave it to like next week when it wasn't Holy Week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, and so, like you've got the first bit where you have to get the bureaucracy set up, and then the second bit where they're like, "Please don't carry me out. You're ritually unclean." <laughs> oh, man, I like that a lot. I have to say, this reminds me of um, in the original near the the desert town with uh, the the rule town. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The, the masks, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people didn't play the original near, but yeah. hey, this this is cool. I like that. I like this already. I, I, I think we're, we're leading into the comedy without. Going too hard on it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's your thing, Kat? Alright, so um, this is can be a like a mechanics thing, or and it, it does kind of lead into the, the comedy a little bit, is um, mm. that wasn't water. <laughs> <laughs> it might actually tie in with mine, but go ahead and tell more on, on what you on what your 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 so, thing is. So my idea is either uh, that pool of water that they thought was water was not water <laughs> or somebody drank out of a, a cup that they thought was either maybe wine or something mm-hmm. and it wasn't no no it wasn't um so <laughs> it it's a open to interpretation um so it could is be the, like a, a, the... a trap or a, a, a mechanic anyway good is there holy water is it like charged with information and, and rules? Yeah, there you go. So, so that you drink it and you, you drink it and you start getting incredibly like you start seeing Matrix style overlays of the world as you see all the yeah. rules which power the the universe. <laughs> oh, I don't see the code anymore. Red head, yeah, blonde. <laughs> oh, all I see are all the all the forms. Um, I said it could tie into mine, but like, uh, let me also say before that, cat. An idea that came to mind is um, like looking at a pool of supposedly water, and uh, it ends up not being water, but like a giant slime. Um, yeah, like yeah, yeah. surprise mm. monster that way. Mm. Surprise monster, right? You can probably use yours in uh, in several areas, honestly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Data so slime. So my thing was uh, lich juice. <laughs> oh, please explain this. That's the uh, least juicy monster. <laughs> well, what it is, it's uh, it's you drink it and you turn into a lich. Mm. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, lich juice. Uh, oh, that's cool. So it's uh, it's not to, it's more to say um, you put yeah, it's zombified. Let's put it that way. Because uh, I know the the idea of a lich is like you also gain a lot of arcane power with it, well, but lich juice just runs off the tongue a little better. So, why if it was their high sacrament, right? Yeah, There's nothing more yeah. ordered than a lich. That's that's very don't true. ask questions. But, <laughs> yeah, but like but like that like once you ascend to a certain level, you drink the lich juice, mm-hmm. um, and you become an, an eternal elder of the church. Oh, that's 
Fantastic. Yeah. What, what if that's the last bit of the attunement? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So, so he has to give up his life. Yep. Mm. And he's like struggling to do it or not um, as he's uh, uh, trying to attune himself. What if we flip it on its head? <laughs> Mm. What if uh, what if we have to rescue the band inside of this bureaucratic nightmare? <laughs> that might happen. Yeah. I, I really like the idea that you're hired to rescue the, the priests, and you might be like, hang on a sec, are we the baddies? <laughs> As you go through, and you might decide to actually rescue these poor bandits. Who've just gone in way over their heads. <laughs> And like and like what like one of them staggers out of a sepulchre and he's got he's got like rules and forms written down all of his arms <laughs> yeah, and yeah. shifting tattoos. <laughs> oh, I like that a lot, actually. Oh, that's really like, good. That's a nice little fun twist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think we should leave it up to the players, but I think it should be like we. we oh, you, you should have the option to. Yes, definitely. To actually the wrong thing. Right, maybe so, your players just want to go in and murder them all. Hey. Hey, you know it's D and D. That's why you play D and D. I. I so I picked mine at the start of the show, but I, did, I didn't hear the others. Obviously, so we, we all we all came up with these with these blind. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. picked something I've wanted to put in a game, always, and which Chris has always stopped me from putting in a game, <laughs> which is overclocked mech suits. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I think we found out what the weapon is. <sighs> overclocked mech suits. Mech suits. That's incredible. I love it. I so, love it. So the sacred weapon is. Mm-hmm. Is is like 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 a like a stone robot like uh, like Shadow of the Colossus style? Thing, yeah, yeah. Which he's trying to attune to, and and when he drinks the lich juice, okay. like he's able to basically to, oh shit, he enters his own bones in the tomb in its chest. Yeah, and then pilots it around, stomping on stuff. Yeah, so like to pilot it, you need to be a lich, mm-hmm. mm. and like you're, you need to be like, buried in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's actually great. That's incredible. Also, like the way that it works, like you have to be able to follow all of the instructions perfectly, or else it won't work. Now, I will say, if we put if we put overclock mech suits in the game, we should mm-hmm. have a way for players to use them. Otherwise, that's just a big cock tease. Right, of course. So of course. I think I think that that like if you're if you're buried in it as a lich, then it is perfect one to one. Absolute movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if you just if you just hop in it and start pulling on the levers, then it's much harder. But you can mm-hmm. still steer it around. You can still use it, but yeah, it's more difficult. I love yeah. that. That's great. I was um I was gonna say because like with the going with the theme of uh all those orders and laws and stuff, the suits have uh has a very annoying AI. Hundred percent. Uh, that like gives you orders. It's like waiting for you to input the correct code or <laughs> input the the correct demand and so forth. Like you. It's like trying to run a really bad uh, computer OS. Quick question now: mm-hmm. Is it when when is this really bad? At, really bad AI. Is it really bad because it's very complicated, or is it very bad because it's trying to help like Clippy? <laughs> oh, it's yes. absolutely Clippy. Yes. Oh, did you mean Hello, to root, to move the left leg here? Let me show yes. you how to do that. <laughs> it looks like you're trying to purge the unbelievers with magic water. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah, you know what, I'm like this this seems like a pretty solid three act structure. I quite like this. Yeah. That's quite there's there's some there's some fun here. Alright, let's see. Uh what the setting I think I mean would just be like a uh oh, oh so this has to be like some like 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 you guys said before, some offshoot of the main church. This is like some far off temple. 
Uh, like um like like the the temple itself like it it it, it could be in a, in a conurbation it could be in a city but the main temple is a couple of days ride away and this is the this is like the 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 the, the parish that's distant from the main place right yeah right. okay it's a little, little bit out of it if we're gonna put a giant robot in I quite want it to destroy a city all right mm-hmm. and I like the idea of it being out of the city so the the the, the, the giant robot has a little time before actually getting to the city yeah give and, a, give and, a little wiggle room for players to try to stop it yeah and or, like and like definitely like put put not like don't describe the um. The, the the town's defences in detail, but say like, oh, there's a bridge across the river here, and there, of course, mm. there's old Jenkins Pit. <laughs> and just, and just, oh, all the children go spelunking in the pit in the summertime and swing on a tire across it. And just just drop those things down, like, the, oh, like things great. you could use to defeat a giant stone robot. <laughs> that's great. Why? It's the 8th annual Ballista Festival in town. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the rope factories in town. The rope, <laughs> the rope factory. <laughs> the rope Why? circus. The rope right, circus. ropes massive. Oh, I really like. Oh, yeah, there's the rope circus, and they have they have a traditional <laughs> rope dragon, which is just a shit ton of rope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wonder of the world. <laughs> On the whole, the rope dragon. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna write it, just, that. it just looks like a stupid ball of yarn, but <laughs> yeah. you can use it. Like, oh, like, man. like, yeah, like, like, give them, or like, or like, um, like, there's a, there's a, an ancient hidden temple underneath this city, which mm-hmm. has the other rules, which mm. like you supersede the rules of this. So like, I quite, I quite like the idea of, of them like knocking through these other very like legal, legalistic automatons to try and find the override. Mm. Underneath the city, like, like that, I don't think that should be the the be all and end all. Or this is how you win the adventure, right? But, just one of the but one you, of the you paths. Just, you give them like six to eight things, um, and then mention like I, 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 I'm I'm developing this new way of doing one shot games where rather than being coy about it, you write down every possible plot hook on little on the basic on little uh, folded in, folded index mm. cards, put them mm. on the table, and just have the players ask questions. What, God, what's, oh, yeah. what's, what's okay. Jenkins' big hole? Ah, well, let me tell you. <laughs> Jenkins has been very ill. I, I love the idea of an underground See, temple. He just wrote down Jenkins' big <laughs> hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old hole ain't been the same since Art 6. Since I got that case of the dysentery. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, where, that's where we dumped all the dead bodies. <laughs> Hope they don't raise as ghosts to defend the town. <laughs> oh man, that's great. <sighs> so I love the idea of an underground temple uh, that has. So this is how we get another mech suit into the game. Yeah, I that was the just about to do. say. I was mm-hmm. about to say we're gonna <laughs> giant robot versus giant robot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Can I yes and your idea? Yes, please. The temple is the mech suit. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> it just bursts so, out. So you pilot a cathedral to oh, beat up shit. another cathedral. Oh, that feels good. Oh, oh that's yeah. nice. That is fun. So that that is a a potential tool for the players to find. <laughs> we yeah. need to take down this uh, giant robot. Well, I suppose you could use the other giant robot. Yeah, I suppose the <laughs> other giant <laughs> robot. Now you have to fill out these forms. Right. Oh, 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 and there's, there's a separate sect 
of um of of, of these of, of these law like these 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 lawful good guys, and they're really big on health and safety. <laughs> And they run like they run this forgotten temple. It's been like due to health and safety, due to health and safety regulations, it was hidden from public view for for mm-hmm. centuries. And like you, and like you have to wear um, like proper high vis vests. And like <laughs> and like there's there's there's, there's uh, like it, when when it reverses, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> this giant robot is reversing. All right, we've got the rope circus, the secret underground, Jenkins' big hole. <laughs> Let's see important NPCs. Uh, what sort of NPCs do we need here? Um, let's start with the mayor, who hires yeah. you, I suppose. Very overworked. She is. She is so tired. My default. My default for every NPC I have is mm-hmm. someone who is either incompetent or is so far in over their own head they can't solve the problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that no, like that I don't have any other kind of NPC. Because otherwise they'd solve the problem. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. That's that's a good point. Oh, of course, the, the, those poor bandits. As you wrote that down. <laughs> Listen, I've got the rope circus in town. I've got to make sure the kids stay out of Jenkins' big hole. I can't <laughs> deal with a giant mech. <laughs> There's this, there's this, there's this, there's this uh, legend. If, if you go into Jenkins' big hole and you light a candle at midnight, Jenkins comes out and chases you away. <laughs> Why am I imagining like a, a tourist-style poster for Jenkins' big hole? <laughs> and it's just, and it's done in that sort of lovely like 1930s. Visit Jenkins' big yeah. hole, yes, and it's just a, it's just a hole. <laughs> <laughs> there's no features whatsoever, and, and like, there's, there's, there's a family. They're also got their arms around each other, and they're taking a picture near the hole. Gabe, is, if I, this is not the title for the the episode, I'm gonna riot. Jenkins <laughs> big hole. I, I, I also think that at the bottom of Jenkins big hole, there should be an entrance to the hidden temple underneath the city. Mm-hmm. That's there you good. go. Uh, like, like not not the only way you can get in, but we should put something fun in Jenkins big hole aside from old man Jenkins, who's been living here for thirty years. <laughs> How are things on the surface world? Old man Jenkins yeah. drow. <laughs> one of them. One of them rural drow. One of them rural drow. Really ah, hill drow, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real salt of the under earth. Oh like, God. not all drow are going to be posh, are they? No, you cannot have all kinds. Someone's got to grow the mushrooms. Yeah. Someone's got to farm those motherfucking mushrooms. Oh, <laughs> And you know he's got a—he's probably eaten his own mushroom supply. So. Oh yeah, he's—he's he's not been lucid in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you kids want to try some of my special mushrooms? Cure what ails you. If what ails you is not enough mind-bending hallucinations. <laughs> Old man Jenkins has psionics from all the mushrooms. (laughs) Psionics, yeah. (laughs) He's a psychic warrior. He's banished down here for my opinions. And you know what? Like he, he, he actually he. Old man Jenkins could secretly like take down the the mech suit, but because he's actually that powerful, Mm. but like no one even considers it because he's crazy. Well, if you just listen to me, I could bring it into my predatory dreamscape. <laughs> well, I guess I'll be over here weathering my mushroom stems. <laughs> I wish they was dry. 
Kat, I feel we haven't heard enough from you yet. What sort I... of bandit leader do you think? We mm-hmm. could have? Um, I'm feeling like they start out very like I'm hearing the Pirates of the Caribbean theme in the background as they're okay. rushing in. They are dashing and they are going <laughs> to be so good at this. And then it goes sideways so fast. Mm. <laughs> so dear. Have a little, like, actually, no, sorry. You, 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 you keep talking and I'll come in after you. My <laughs> so, uh, I like the idea of a very, once very dashing, very um, charismatic, charismatic, put together, just mm. put in a situation where they are not anymore. <laughs> they are very, um, they don't, all their plans have gone out the window. And they have panicked. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like they're running low on food. Three of them are dead. Exactly. So and and, and, they, and it's not strictly clear who's in charge of them or the priests. Exactly. Mm. I was. I, I was. Uh, you. Your. Your idea of having them as starting out really full of bravado and then having that crash down around their ankles. Wonderful. I love that a great deal. Could you play that as a prologue? Yeah, oh. yeah, you could do that. Like, like, could you, like, like, I, 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 I don't know whether that's something she'd write into the whole session, but like, as an optional box out, mm. write up, write up some quick characters, or, or like, use like into the order, or some sort of really like quick and dirty OSR thing. And what's going to happen is this is going to go to shit. <laughs> like, it has to go wrong, and you clear that with the players up front. And so, like, like. You you get them to lean into the ah uh, they're so devilishly handsome I'm smoking my I'm smoking three cigars, and uh, and that sort of thing and then it, it all gets worse and worse and worse as they get into this like weird numbers data horror <laughs> three of them start the drinking the the holy water and they just their eyes roll into the back of their heads and they start reciting building codes and that that's oh my, that's yeah. how the the um that wasn't water can play in it's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh no, my my crew uh, got thirsty and uh, drank the data juice. And... Yeah. I, I I quite like the idea that like that like they're not they're not dead, but their like their minds are completely overwhelmed by binary. And yes. so like if you do choose to side with the bandit leader, he's like, could terribly sorry, my boyfriend drank a lot of the data juice. And now he's mad. Maybe you could save him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, and so, like, you ha- have the capacity to to rescue the bandits from that. Yeah, I like I I like the idea that the 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 bandit leader right now is basically just like I want to get out of here, and yeah. one of his uh, accomplices who drank just enough of the juice to get a little maniacal uh, is the one trying to get into the giant mech. Yes, the star I, screen, yes, if you will. Yeah. The- <laughs> The stars that is so screen. good. That's yeah. so good. Incredible. I like that. I like that. I'm lot. going to take over the Decepticons. Yeah, that one. <laughs> can it? Can it still? Can it still be his boyfriend? But now his ex-boyfriend. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> you never listen to me. Now I'll show you. I'll show you all. Bring me the lich juice. Yeah. I'm gonna get real big. Oh, I'm just imagining this this bandit leader had like this really big fancy hat with a feather in it, and then now mm-hmm. it's just like the oh, feathers just stripped to, down and like oh, like, like proper droopy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the yeah, feather is like, tied and, to his emotions. Unlike, unlike the, <laughs> it's the, the 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 hat comes with dramatic irony. <laughs> I, I, 
I really like the idea that also like maybe like like the cops or what or like or like like the like the the clerics of law have surrounded the temple. They mm. can't go in themselves because now now the bandits have gone in. It's like they it's become unsacrosanct and they can't enter. Mm. But the bandits can't just shoot their way out. They can't just leave. Mm-hmm. So you're sent in as basically hostage negotiators, and That's everything's why they just have to hire somebody. Yep, yeah, we're, yeah. We're the and third it's also party. like it's also a reason why the mayor is so stressed out because he's like these these laws are so stupid. Yeah. Like, just go in. I hate but, this uh, fucking parish. Just go yeah. in. <laughs> oh, she's had to deal with two factions of this church for so long, and this, yeah. she's just mm-hmm. done. Yeah. It's like this is why we should separate religion and state. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention when old man Jenkins accidentally dreams up a Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> old man Jenkins' nightmare horrors come out of his hole every night. Yeah. Oh, you know, you like, know how much like, money I have to like, spend to cover like that fucking, up? Like this fucking this, Dark this, Souls blood bowl yeah. these things crawling yeah. <laughs> This whole town Nothing is such lies. a great setting. Like, you can have so much coming out with old man Jenkins. Oh, man. <laughs> I love old man Jenkins. <laughs> Jesus. A powerful psyker, a world-ending psyker who's only limited by his constant stream of magic mushrooms. <laughs> that, that's, that's the thing, because like, like generally, like when, like my experience when you take magic mushrooms, you just become fascinated <laughs> with walls. Mm. Like, like, like mundane things become really interesting mm-hmm, to you, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really fascinating. So maybe that, that's just the only thing that's stopping him from taking over the world, is that he's whacked out on mushrooms and just looking at a chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you go into his hut and he's just sitting there. Just, have you seen this chair? <laughs> it's like, it's the pattern of rust on the back of my stove. Surely transcendent. <laughs> Come and sit with me for another hour or two. While I drool. <laughs> That's great. Oh, 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 we need a ringleader. For the rope oh, for circus. The... Oh, the rope. Oh. oh, right. The rope um, circus. Like someone. Uh, I'd like a, a cleric of the Church of Rope who's basically like like a, a even Shibari sort of like, like into. They are. Um, they are fascinated with the idea of boundaries and the idea of like ropes dividing things and from and from our boundaries aren't limiting they are they are what makes us stronger mm. which is a weirdly serious idea to drop in the middle of this comedy game <laughs> yeah. but, i can't believe we're but, putting at fields into this <laughs> oh yeah. my god yeah shit yeah yeah it's an at field but it's made out of sexy red rope you tell <laughs> yeah 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 oh, oh, oh okay 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 so the clerics the more restricted they are the more powerful they become <laughs> Oh man! So so they all have they all underneath they all have those rope bindings. Heavy yeah. bondage gear. They like they they all that they, like they, they they wear those rope bindings as, as a matter of course. That's just like standard ceremonial wear for them. But mm-hmm. if they want if they want to do some magic, they have to get fucking trussed up, hang it upside down like rope, like rope suspension and hook suspension, and like and like and like you've got you've got like the lesser members of the church are pushing them pushing them along and basically sex swings, pushing yeah. them along. And there's and, they, and, they, and, they, and like they're animating the rope. Dragon and it's crashing through the town. <laughs> oh man, this oh, is man, fascinating. I love. It. I love this. I, I like oh, also the great... idea, the the way that they cast their, going on. their spells, like like hand movements, but they're doing like the Jacob's ladder type. Yeah. Oh, like 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 cat's cradle sort of thing. Ca- yeah, cat's cradle. 
oh that's beautiful that's awesome yeah and like and like and like the the more the, the more powerful you are the less the least the less of your hand you can you can allow yes so like so like 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 the the, the high cleric is completely bound and like like in the upside down u shape and her pinky fingers are uh, uh are released and she's using that to craft this ridiculously complex cat's cradle and then fireballs come out oh man I'd just like to say I'd like to thank you all for bringing me on and saying hey Grant can you make up a setting with us <laughs> fuck I love this <laughs> oh my god oh, this, 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 this is basically what it's like when, when, when we do Spire just Chris and I um, just yelling ideas at each other mm. So it's it's nice it's nice to do it without without any sort of expectation that I have to make a saleable product. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun, man. Mm. Mm-hmm. The enemies seem to be everyone. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, of course, you'll have your bandit. Um, so th- I, I would say they're like crazed bandits. Yeah, are crazed the enemies. bandits. Data crazed bandits. Yeah, yeah. data crazed. So you got you got data grace bandits, and you've got the and you got the other bandits who who just want to leave, but they can't leave because this place is surrounded, and so they have to try and get out of here. And like when you, and if if you come and kick in the door and start shooting, then they might become a standard bandit fight. But it's also possible to negotiate right. with them. And then depending uh, on, <clears throat> pardon me, zombies. depending on uh, which you side on with the uh, bandit leader or not, um, could be the other priests. Mm. True, true, true. Yeah. yeah. The 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 cleric of the uh, the the, the law order. clerics. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I really like that. Like like the high level clerics of order. They filled out forms, which um, so basically they uh, they have a permit to not be stabbed today. <laughs> <laughs> like and like so, the enemy, you're attacking them, and they say nope. They take out the a, a sheet like yeah. um in Parks and uh, Rec. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, uh, you can't do that. Actually. Uh, I think you'll find here on form three two one B. You'll see here. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm not scheduled for a stabbing today. I will be scheduled for a stabbing tomorrow. That's, uh, that's... And so and, and like it, it doesn't it like it just it just doesn't work. Like the knife the knife won't go towards them. Like it's like something will yeah. happen. Yeah, it's not exactly. enchantment. Yeah, like like yeah. that's he's how they cast shield of to, faith or just to... shield. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, he's yeah. immune to piercing damage. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, that's so but like, good. but like, that, that's like, they've got shield of faith. They're really big on on protection. They're really big on bless because they've filled out all the forms. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that's so good. You have to find loopholes in the, <laughs> in the yeah. bureaucracy. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, yes. ah, they forgot to oh, fill oh, out their oh, acid oh. damage forms. The more, yeah, that's oh. brilliant. I love that. And and the more of the data juice you drink, the mm. more you can see the raw data of their forms around them, and you can discover oh, what they're weak wow. to. Like you start seeing the data in magic. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I was thinking um, they didn't fill out the poison damage forms because no one cares about poison. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's all like all like all like. Well, I mean, probably not gonna acid. You guys, yeah. no one does acid. Like light, actually, you know, lightning. No one does lightning. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Mm, that's true. And like and like um. And like uh, your your sorcerer starts charging power, and they get like, they get out their eyeglasses and start flicking through their three ring binder trying to find the right thing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna fun out like that. And yeah, and like like it would be it would be like an opposed will check or opposed wisdom check to um to to find that loophole. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you ha- as you basically have a mind jewel. Mm. I could I could also say uh, uh you maybe 
take like a make like intelligence or wisdom saving throws whenever you drink the uh yeah the 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 water so you don't get overwhelmed by all the data right. well i think you'd, you'd make a death throw make you make a death saving throw and if you if you fail it three times you become a lich uh-huh. oh that's good <laughs> tie it in together tie it in together yeah that's that's actually way better to t- so the data juice is the lich juice yeah that, that but but I, I suppose sorry, sorry the lich juice would be like a refined version I suppose or like or like mm. the best stuff right and, yeah and and like and like there is that sort of because we've been chatting about how it's like it's like a like a pudding or a jelly how it's like an ambulatory thing um like that could be that that could be a lesser version of it which acts as an enemy I really like the idea that um when you, like when you walk near the data juice mm-hmm. uh, like like the enemy version it like it forms up. Um, it, it it uses the stuff around it and makes copies of it mm. to fight you. <laughs> it's very, very efficient. Very uh... yeah, yeah. It is. It's their copier. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I I work in an office and oh, it feels no. like the copier is is an enemy daily. <laughs> That's brilliant. I, I, re- I really like the idea that they've, that they've got this sort of this this huge like. Massive brass reprographics engine, mm. and that that that's one of their miracles. Is that you, is is that is that you you introduce a document to it, and then another, another document clones, and it does not fade by morning. It is not magic. No, 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 no. It is a miracle. <laughs> and they they've invented Science. the world's first photocopier. Oh my god! And inside is a load of this loose data juice and some ink. <laughs> there you Saint go. Xerox. <laughs> Saint- oh, Saint Xerox! Wow. wow, that's great. Oh, it's proper like day, day. That's lovely. Oh my <laughs> god, that's very good. And when the uh, the miracle machine jams, it's a panic. <laughs> 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 no, no, the omens were the omens were right. The omens are right. <laughs> oh my like, god! Or, or like, or like it, it is itself an oracle. So the performance of the um, of the copier is an indication of how well things are going. Um, I'm afraid the copies have been washed out. The crops will not grow this year. Mm. Oh, I, I, I really like it as a as as, as basically a villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like since Xerox's miraculous copier is a. Is a like is 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 an effect your wandering monster? Oh yeah, that's good. Oh, and maybe maybe you can use it to um like because w- one of the things I really like is putting in risk reward mechanics, and so like say so, hey you can photocopy your spell book sure you'll get extra spell slots. However, mm-hmm. it will now know the spells. Ooh. Ooh, that is a very good mechanic. I mean, like very easy to abuse, but um, I guess you can just have it break. Yeah, you can you can use copy spell books or weapons or any like special items you have, but then it it gets that as well. Oh, I thought you can copy weapons and like and let like, you get a paper version of it, which somehow works the same. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. But it's, but it's foldable. Oh, wow! Nice. Yeah. And, like, oh, and, like, like, like someone falls in the photocopy and a paper version of them slops. Oh, maybe oh, maybe, fuck. maybe it makes um maybe it makes paper clones of people and sends them out as well. Oh, oh my god, oh, just like that, that uh, Gravity Falls episode. Oh yep. And, oh okay. So and if you get any actual water on these items, they sort of go limp. Hmm. Because they're paper. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I, I guess like uh, the fire damage as well. Would be right. Yeah, right. Yeah, fire yeah. damage as well. Oh, that would be such a good idea to have like a a swarm of enemies. You know what like, we should uh, have? Um, origami. And yeah, origami. Forming yeah. and reforming as they come at you. Oh, Oof. that's great. I was gonna say, um, have like one of the 
the high priest or something also be a origami enemy or paper clone like he died like long ago but his clone still lives on <laughs> that's really good just to like hint at it as well like uh so, before like, you end up encountering it he's um so his this like this might be the guy who hires you yeah. oh the like, head of the parish yeah he uh, so, so, so like the guy who hires you is a thousand paper cranes Ooh. And and wow. you, and you you walk into his room and all the paper cranes are hanging from the ceiling and actually you know what sorry because like you know what this actually ruins the gag of the photocopier uh, <laughs> initially but I really like the idea of a high priest who is a thousand photocopied pictures of himself folded into paper cranes <laughs> and they communicate somehow and I just did I did a hand movement uh, with that yeah. and just that sort of somehow Ma- it's <laughs> listen it's magic it's magic <laughs> you don't you don't have to explain magic. It's to. magic. I don't have to explain Please shit. shit. <laughs> Thank you. I was about to. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, rising action uh, would be making your way through the temple, uh, probably coming up against either being able to stop this person from getting into the overclocked mech suit, or mm. them doing so, breaking out, and then finding uh, having to find a solution to stop them. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's pushing the it in all my Jenkins hole. Yeah, and conflicts. Um, we have several conflicts, really. Like, mm-hmm. uh, depending on like the player. Like, um, first one would be like once they enter into the temple, it's kind of all the acolytes are fine, um, and they learn that well, the bandits are the ones who are in trouble. They're kind of going crazy with uh, all the data juice and uh, <laughs> all the laws and all that stuff. Um, even those who haven't drank it, they're just like, I can't stand this place. It's seeping in, yeah. It's in, it's, it's in the walls. Can you hear them? The forms in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and like, and like, and like, you walk in, and like, and there's, 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 there's the scurrying, and players will, will inevitably chase the scurrying, and there's just a form on the floor. That's weird. Oh, and, geez, uh, and they're moving yeah. around like rats and watching you. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that's really good. That's good. That's good. Um, and then. Uh, conflicts could arise either stopping the mech suit or finding the other mech suit and having giant robot battle in the town. Yeah, the, the, Con- the convincing the rope circus. The rope to... circus. Old man, Old man Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah. Old man, man Jenkins, Jenkins vision quest. That, that's my favorite one. I'm sorry. So these these are uh, are good uh, both conflicts and re- possible resolutions to the uh, the problem. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, the the last thing maybe what so what reward? What's a good reward for the end of this? Giant overclocked <laughs> the mech yeah. suit. Yeah, I, listen, like because like we're we're in a party, like it's it's a Power Rangers style yeah, okay. like, yeah. mech suit. That's okay. how they travel now. That's, that's yeah. how <laughs> so I I think it depends on on who you side with. Yes. So if so if you if you side with yourself, you get a mech suit as long as you can outrun the, the people who want the mech suit back. <laughs> if you side with the bandits, you get the loyalty of the bandits, and possibly they steal a mech suit. And so, you, like, I think which is far more far more balanceable in a campaign. You can call up your friends who have a giant robot to come and solve a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you help the the priests, you get to have forms of exemption from damage. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. And a lot. Uh, it might it might work as damage resistance for you, but like or like or like having like permanent magical upgrades to your character because you filled out the form. 
but like it, it has like uh you have to fill it out in a certain time uh certain time of specific mm-hmm. day there's guidelines to it yeah so and like, unless that's, that's like you have really like you're, you're, you're taken to their temple and it's stamped in triplicate yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. okay and blood and yeah of course <laughs> that's the, that, that's how they notarize it in blood <laughs> That's how they notarize. Yeah. They, they stamp it down really hard. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to think of I was trying to think of like of a way to get blood which isn't which is pleasant, but there's not really a fun way to get blood out of someone. <laughs> no, that's, that's not really a, a, an unpleasant thing. Mm. Okay. They use, they, they use it to kill a sacrificial animal by hitting it really hard on the head, and that, no, that's still unpleasant. Although, although, I'm fully into this into this bureaucracy church now. Their sacred weapon is the hammer, and the hammer has the stamp on it. Oh, oh that's oh, good. Oh, yeah, the seal. <laughs> that's awesome. The, the oh, seal man. of their order. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And like, and and so each of them has a warhammer hanging on their hip, yeah. which they can use in a pinch to um to effectively censure um people oh, who come in. Great. And so like like you could you you could put it's it's, it's like a ward a, a sigil a ward. I love that. That's very good. I, I also put for an award uh, some of Old Man Jenkins' shrooms. <laughs> yep. It'll, okay. it'll, it'll temporarily yeah. give you some psionics, you know? That'll keep the madness at bay. <laughs> <laughs> you could also put in um, uh, a full uh, bondage tutorial from the... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the rope the rope circus that uh, gives you maybe uh, you l- lets you cast a couple spells a day or something an like e- that. An evening of pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Right or just... And that's like 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 you know what? You doesn't have to give any magical abilities. You're just really good at bondage. Yeah. Now. That's well, nice. Yeah. There you that's go. Just the skill <laughs> you <laughs> have now. Oh, you're, you're, you're renowned in the local king circuit. <laughs> <laughs> that could come in handy. You could make quite a lot of it. Yeah. I guess I, I guess it would at the very least, depending on what system you're using, use grant you proficiency and use rope. Right. Mm. So it would give you that. Yeah, you can turn it into like a lasso or so forth. <laughs> Restrain someone using an action on their turn. Yeah. If they're just, into it. If they're yeah. the potential, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really oh, like the idea of, the, of these immobilized shibari priests. There's something fun there. It's, it's, tr- it's tricky from a character point of view because you can't move. But mm-hmm. as, as far as NPCs go, I think there's something cool. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I'm obviously naming this old man Jenkins in the giant overclocked mech suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is looking great. Uh, I think uh, that's about the time we have this week. Uh, so why don't we move into some plugs before we head out? Uh, Grant, do you have anything you want to plug? God, yeah. Um, so soon, but not, but not. Actually, what you, what you can do now, if you've enjoyed listening to me talk, and you're like, can that man do dungeon body horror? <laughs> uh, yes, he can. And you can go to our website, rowanrookanddeckard.com. Uh, that's D E C A R D for the one that's hard to spell. And you can access a, you can sign up for the playtest of Heart. So Heart is the um, the next big game we're doing after Spire. It uses a a, uh, a different, it uses uh, the same system as Spire, the resistance system, but we've tightened it, we've tweaked it, so it should it should run a bit smoother. Um, and rather than telling stories about rebellion and overthrowing the government, it's about traveling into a weird nightmare undercity and not coming back the same. Uh, we have loads of cool classes, loads of cool abilities, and we're we're trying to get a longer playtest window on it. Uh, to try and make it as good as we can. So please, go sign up. And also, if you just want to hear me tell jokes 
Um, you can follow me on Twitter at GS Howitt. At the moment, I have to write 700 alternate lines for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I've been enjoying I all of these, by the way. Alternate catchphrases. Yeah. I, I said one like equals one catchphrase, which 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 contains the spirit of gotta go fast. Um, yeah. I'm, up to, I'm up to 130 now, I think. It got sexual quickly. <laughs> my One of my favorites was, uh, oh, Tails, if you ever see me not going fast, put this through my head. <laughs> holding a shotgun Shoot me, Tails. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand me, Tails? This is important. I really like the ones where Sonic is going to kill you to teach you what fast is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my favorite subgenre. Yes, I cut the brakes and I do it again. Oh <laughs> gosh. That's incredible. Wild card. Okay, everyone else? Uh, yeah, Kat, how about you? Um, mm-hmm. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, at SarcasticCat, uh, K-A-T-T. Um, I post a little bit of everything, but come at the end of this week, uh, my life is going to be completely consumed by the new Final Fantasy XIV expansion, so <laughs> have fun with that. I mean, you can, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say Shadowbringers is coming out, so play it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So plug, plug Shadowbringers, because <laughs> it needs it. <laughs> God, shut up. They're not paying me to do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Zasne the second Z-A-S-N-E underscore I-I. Um, currently tweeting about Bloodstained, I guess, so, yeah. It's a good video game. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Shonen413. Uh, just Google that. You can also find me basically anywhere else you want to. Uh, I stream. I do this. Uh, I might be starting another podcast soon. I got a full-time job so I can pay for an editor. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> uh, but more importantly, follow the podcast. We're on Twitter. It's at MyDungeonCast. Uh, our email is welcome to my dungeon at gmail.com. Send us your uh, hooks, send us your thoughts, send us any questions, anything like that. Um, we're on iTunes, you can find us there. And more importantly, we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash welcome to my dungeon, where uh, obviously all the episodes you can always get, but we put out the uh, modules we make on the Patreon. So if you're interested in that, go ahead, check it out. Uh, oh, and before I forget, uh, I'd like to thank Marcus Fuller for the use of our intro in the Hall of the Mountain King, composed by Edward Grieg. You can find his YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Marcus Fuller. That's Marcus with a K. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Good job, guys. And thank you so much for joining us. This was amazing. Thank you, thank you again, for having me. This was, this was tremendously good fun. This was, uh, it's, it, I got to talk about myself, which is always nice. And then <laughs> I got to make up kink churches. So, what's not to like? Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, as always, uh, don't delve too deeply without protection. <laughs> oh my god. See you guys, see you guys yeah. next week. You, you, you're sticking with that one, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs>